Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talking with Debbie and Friends, the sister series to our weekly cooking show, Kicking with Debbie and Friends, that we do right here in our kitchen every Sunday at 12 noon. I am Travis, and the host of the show is my lovely wife, Debbie. We host it together. Yeah, we do. We do. Sure. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. We have a really good show for you tonight. A really good one. Um, if you are watching tonight, it's real important for you to tell us what city you're from, because our host might have something very interesting for you in the city that you live in. Yeah. So we are streaming live to uh, to several Facebook pages and uh, and to YouTube. So if you're on one of those platforms, definitely say hi in the comments. Our guest can see your comments. And um, so if you have a question about about what we're talking about, about his his movie or um, about, like Debbie said, geographical area where you where you're living in, um, you know, we want to make sure that you you do post there. Just say hi, click like, click share so that we can let other people know about what we're doing. So we already have um, Rhea and Richard, who are both in Pittsburgh now, and Suzanne Denlinger and Jack, who are in Texas, Mike and Linda Bilbury, who are in Branson, Missouri. Um, and you'll find out why it's important for you to put down your your um, where you're living. Your city. Yeah, there, there, it looks like there are a few of you. Uh, there's Debbie Wheatley. Debbie Ferguson. Wheatley Ferguson. Um, it looks like there are a few other people. We're we're going to chat for just a few uh, just a couple minutes seconds. here, it's too and then fun. we're going to bring in the guest. Um, I, I don't see my dad, which is odd. He's usually the first one there. Usually He's be the pissed first off one. He, he wasn't. Jack says, hey, Suzanne's letting me have my own Facebook page. What? All Jack. right. Good to see you guys. Um, San Pedro, California. Oh, yeah. San Pedro. Yep. Yep. So we took uh, Sunday off. Normally we would do a 12 noon Sunday show. And then on Tuesday we talk about what we cooked. Um, that's not to say Debbie didn't cook because she made an amazing ham <laughs> and then shared it with the neighborhood. And we had some more tonight, which was pretty amazing. And and so, yeah, what else? What else did you cook on? I made a ham and a homemade carrot cake and vegetables and potatoes and gravy. And and then, uh, yeah, we shared with neighbors and they shared with us, which is lovely. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a nice Easter. I was a little sad in the morning, but I did okay the rest of the day. It just was, I'm just done with the pandemic. You know, we're all there where you just need a little, I don't know if you're the type like me that just needs to cry it out. And then Travis comes and hugs me and then I feel better. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, she's she's a little done with the pandemic. We all are, but we all are. So it was a holiday, and it it sort of uh, you know bothered her a little. Yep. And there's um, Debbie Wheatley Ferguson, like we said, from San Pedro, and Loretta Rohr Bowen. Hi, Loretta. But Loretta, you're from Upland. But where are you now? If you want to share where you are now. Um. So Michael Shaw. Um. Hi here to enjoy you chatting with Joel from Palm Springs. Hi, Michael. Welcome. Hey, We're so Michael. happy to have you. So, um, yeah, so I made Easter dinner. Big deal. Let's get to the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's such oh, a man. good show. Yeah. It's going to be a great show. There so, he is. Hey, Dad. Um, so, you know, in this podcast, we love to bring you people and a lot of funny people to the show that have other things that they're interested. For example, Lonzo Bowden with Black Lives Matter, Jesus Trejo came and talked to us about caring for his elderly parents. Dana Eagle talked about overcoming depression and cancer. Um, um, Ken Gar 
uh, writes a blog called The Sober Husband. Um, we had an end of life planner join us. So we really love getting into some people that have very interesting things about them. And as a comedian, as a gig, com as a gig worker, mm -hmm. when our work shut down, what are we going to do? Well, there was a number of us that said, all right, life gave me lemons. I'm going to make some lemonade and I'm going to have a lemonade stand. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, if I can add, because I've always been the husband that all Debbie's friends come to for tech advice or web st stuff or graphic design. These are people who were suddenly taking control of their, their brand, taking control of their, their comedy, their careers in ways that they never had been before because they simply had to in order to connect with people. And if I can say something to what, what Debbie said, um, you know, about these, the multi dimensions of these people, we knew because in green rooms and in comedy clubs, and when we hang out with comedians and actors and stuff, we know that they've got really deep, um, very multi-layered personalities and, and things that make them so unique that the general public watching would never know. You see a comedian walk out from stage left or stage right. They get up there, they tell their jokes, they make you laugh, you're drinking, you're having a good time, they leave and you never learn anything else about them mm -hmm. unless you really start following that person. And so that's sort of what this guy is here and beyond anything I've ever known. I don't even know how this guy, he, I don't think he sleeps. <laughs> I'm pretty so sure either. he's a robot. No. I'm really sure that he's a robot. We had <laughs> RJ join and Joe Casas. Nice hi, to see you RJ. Guys. Hi, um, Joe Casas. So this guy is really, really multidimensional. I wanted to add that because that's really what the foundation of this podcast was, is to bring people in that that really were way beyond just the stage persona. Right. And we always knew that this guy was talented, but we didn't realize how brave courageous and innovative he is. And um, let's get to the interview because I it. think he is amazing. We tonight have uh, my friend and your friend, mm -hmm. Joel Bryant, an actor, a comedian, and a filmmaker, and now a documentarian yeah, he is. Whose, whose work is now in the Smithsonian thanks to this documentary. And he was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but is called Los Angeles home for 20 years. He's a Pepperdine Theater graduate in both their theater and telecommunications program. He's been a host, an MC, a headliner. He's one of the funniest, wittiest guys I know. What else can we say about Joel? Well, he's a robot. He's a clone. Yeah, he, he works a lot. He's not a human being. I'm telling you guys. BG's there and Paula. Hi, guys. Oh, good. Let's, Hi, Paula. You're going to really like Yeah, uh, let's the show, bring Bob. him in and let him tell everyone. He he announces roller derby. What a small world. He announces roller derby. He um He's in the Orange County Fair pie-eating. He's a pie-eating champion. See? Okay. <laughs> and, and all these photos on his social media of him eating greasy fried food. He's not a person. Yeah. All right, let's bring him in. You ready? Yes, please welcome everybody, our dear friend, the very talented Joel Bryant. Yay! Thank you. I can listen. Keep going with the intro. It's way better than me. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> just just do 45 minutes of intro. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. I miss you so much. I know. I miss you guys too. It's so good to see you like in <sighs> person. I mean, it's virtual, but it's so nice. I know. Yeah. We have so much fun in person too when we see each other. I remember I um, 
you had just gotten back from New Mexico and you brought me chilies. Mm-hmm. Oh, those were so right. good. Because you, you cooked with them. I knew how much you like. Obviously, you cook. Uh, yeah. Obviously. And uh, yeah, when you have Hatch New Mexico chilies. Yes. You only get it one place in Hatch New Mexico. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it makes everything so much better. <laughs> yeah. You, well, I, I love working with you and I, I miss you miss so it. much. And I, I tell a lot this. of I was saying, I tell a lot of people, I told Joe before he came on, that I miss them, but I really mean it with you. Oh, you know what? I'm going to come over there right now. You get over here, Joel. I know. So, I miss you um, So the first question we love to ask people is oh, just, yeah. we just want to check in. How are you doing with the whole COVID situation? Uh, good. I mean, I don't know how good I, I've managed, I suppose. Um you know, I, I just kind of bounced around. I was living on the road for so long that I kind of bounced around. So I wasn't one of those, uh, which obviously we'll get into. I didn't have to like hunker down somewhere and stay in a place, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so it was, you know, I, I still kept moving a little bit and uh, I kept it semi-exciting. But, you know, at some point you're just like, when are we done with this? Like, are we yeah. going to, you know, like you want it to get back to normal. But even after what's normal anymore, you know, like so... I don't know. I think I've just come to accept it. I'm very Buddhist about it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's happening and that's what it is. So you work what a unique, the rules. What a unique time in history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, but definitely, <laughs> definitely yeah. unique. You know, because yeah. when you read history, you wonder, I wonder how those people did during the depression or, or, you know, you wonder out loud about people in their course of history and we're yeah. living in it. Sorry, Travis. No, that's I get okay. Excited. I'm just going to adjust this microphone a little. Of, of course. We want to get it. Oh, go ahead. No, history History is going to be like, how'd you guys do it? And we're like, well, we had Netflix and Zoom and, you know, and wine and, 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 yeah, and Grubhub. Like, it wasn't as tough as like the plague of 18, you know, yeah, 1918 no. or whatever. It's not even like, close. We, we had some, we had some accessibility to things, but, yeah. uh, but just mentally, I mean, mentally, it's, it's something you just, I think you constantly have to kind of check in with yourself, you know, and mm -hmm. it, yeah, it wears on, it wears on me like anybody else. It's, mm -hmm. it's brutal, you know, it's, it's brutal, but, um, I don't know. Do you miss the stage? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my whole career was live events. Like mm -hmm. all the things you mentioned, acting was theater mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, emceeing and hosting was live events, live sporting mm -hmm. events. Comedy was comedy. Yeah, it was all live events. And I've I, you know, I've done a couple Zoom things here and there, but it's, it's not, not the same. The same. No. Not the same and, at all. Yeah. And I'm not. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh. No, no, no. I'm headed to Vegas next month. Okay. And you know, somebody who's a singer in Vegas, Sky, um, Sky DeMille, Sky DeMille, she plays at the Cosmos and she asked me, are you excited? And it's the first person who ever asked me if I was excited to get back on stage. And I don't know if I am. It's a little nerve wracking. It's mm -hmm. like, I don't know. What do you make? What are the jokes? You know what I mean? Do they like, want to the, hear about yeah. the pandemic? Do they want to hear about COVID? Are they ready to laugh? Do they want to forget it? Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you have to mention it, but what jokes haven't already been done? Like everybody knows you don't wear pants on zoom and there's the, you know, the tropes. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, your act is definitely, your, your act could still play, you know, but, but you can't just go up there and not mention it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know? And then I'm used to having people right in the front row to yeah. play with and talk with. And now the front row is going to be 25 feet away. Oh, they're in a ballroom. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not the same club. Not right. The, the energy, right? The energy. Yeah. You know, I yeah. did. Uh, I emceed events this year for the Super Bowl because I do Super Bowl every year. So they actually had live stuff in Tampa. 
So I went out there to MC live for the first time in like a year. And uh, I was there with like four other MCs and it was very like NFL protocol, very distance and everything else. But after, you know, we had like 10 hour days, you'd go on for an hour off for an hour. Halfway through the first day, we were exhausted because our throats just weren't used to talking so much, you know, like, like we yes. literally, our throats, like our muscularly were tired. Mm-hmm. We're like, this mm-hmm. is a, this is a muscle that we haven't worked in like a right. year. Yeah. yeah. So you did get tired. Yeah. yeah. I went, uh, I went on the road, well, to San Diego to visit customers last week for three days, drove yeah. down and drove back. Cause I'm not staying in hotels still, but, um, but man, I, I was like getting in and out of a car all day long, going in, talking to people all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I literally said two words all weekend because I used up all my words on <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. I was done. And yeah. I'm walking, I'm walking, you know, 10,000 steps a day and talking at the same time because you know, I do easily one to 2000 steps on stage in high heels right. talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I need to build all that up again. So you're back in training. You're back in training, babe. <laughs> yep. yeah. I'm this close to retirement. Damn it. Well, speaking of training, can I ask you, uh, I'm going to show this for the people. Oh. Look, <laughs> look at you, you guys. Joel. Just that look was, at this. Why are you so dirty? Stud. Why was, was he covered week. in mud? Yeah, he that said last week. week. No. Was it last uh, week? <laughs> are you training still? Yeah, a little bit, but it's it's hard because so the first picture was from uh, the uh, Camp Pendleton mud run. So I got obsessed with obstacle ah, course races. Yeah. yeah, so I started doing uh, probably six seven years ago. I started doing like Spartan races, and I got obsessed with obstacle course races because I love it. It's just like just being a gorilla out there and climbing and running all all sorts of things, uh, which I loved. I just you know it was for me it was like my exercise escape, and then mm-hmm. that also canceled like over the past year year and a half. You know, so I. I haven't been able to do any of those races. So that was absolute. So I, I can't wait for those to get back and just get all like dirty and like very, it's very, um, you know, very Neanderthal mm-hmm, <laughs> just to like mm-hmm. run around in mud and climb ropes and throw, you know, you throw a spear at one point, but it, I, I loved it. Uh, that was my obsession. I'd probably do an obstacle course every two, three weeks, something like that. Wow. Uh, and the second one, the second picture that was from the Athens marathon when I ran a, ran a marathon in uh, Athens, Greece. What? Uh, that was the original marathon path from from Marathon yeah. Greece, and you end in Athens in a big right. Panathenaic stadium. Like you're just running in the original path where the guy ran originally and died at the end of it, and you, you ran that. And that was my uh, that was my fifth and last marathon. I was like, wow. once you once you run the marathon yeah. path, like what am I going to do? Where do you go from there? Yeah, when am I going to run Chicago now? Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Well, yeah. Since we've been talking, we got a couple more people that came on and they said nothing beats Hatch Green Chili, that um, Hatch Chilies can probably cure COVID, if truth be told. (laughs) Um, Paula Gilman from Vegas says we have to talk about COVID on on stage. Um, Teresa Rohr, Kurt Graber, um, Dr. Teresa, we like to talk to her. She's a real doctor. She's like my smartest friend. And um, she said she's from Georgia. And you have some footage of Georgia. Um, I do in your documentary. So can we let's start talking about this documentary well, before we do? Why don't I show the trailer so that you guys can yes, sort of let's get show the trailer just a little bit of the feel for what this is about. So I'll play that now. All right, we
at the gas station. It's completely empty. I mean, it is a ghost town. I'm just kidding. It's, it's West Texas. West Texas. Wow. <laughs> West Texas dig. <laughs> we have been um, telling our audiences about your movie, and several of them have seen it already mm -hmm. and wrote oh, to us. Um, yeah, it's just, it's riveting, it's gripping. And I apologize for asking you, cornering you on our food show. I answered the phone and you're on there. I'm like, can you come on our podcast? <laughs> I wasn't going to say no. I mean, I would never say no to you all, but especially when everybody else is listening, you can't say no to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Stuck. So, oh my gosh. First of all, I think this was one of the most brave things I've seen an artist do. Oh. Pack everything up and risk your health because nobody knew what was going on. Dude, there. at right. that time, I wouldn't even let her touch me. Yeah, it was, we were, we were terrified. Yeah. Everyone at, that was in March, March 17th. You started. March 17th, so I started let's yeah. ask you what made you decide to pack up your entire car? I mean, there was not one inch that didn't have something in it. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and drive, I could see driving to the pier. Let's go see what's going on at the pier. Or Vegas, I, maybe. Vegas. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, a couple of things. First of all, I want to emphasize that I did do it as, and I, and I mentioned in the documentary, like I did it as safely as possible. So I don't mm -hmm. want people to think, and that was, that was my big thing as I was doing it. I, I didn't want people to think I was exploiting it or anything else or I was being unsafe. You know, I was very much by myself most of the time. I'm very, and that was the time too, where they didn't have half of it. I'm not even wearing a mask. Because masks weren't a thing then. Like you weren't supposed to right. wear masks. Yeah, yeah. Because they were like, don't buy masks because the healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. So you see like slowly I like, get a mask. But back then, like I was gargling salt water every day. Because mm -hmm. the CDC was like gargle salt water. Yeah, so yeah, I do yeah. A whole, I do a whole bit about safety in there. So I want to make sure like people know that. Uh, because I, I don't want it to come off as exploitative. Um, but so uh, the backstory, I was living, I was living on the road for like two years. Uh, I was just busy. So I was busy doing so much traveling and busy traveling that I moved out of my place of LA and I just was, you know, if I go do a, a show, like a weekend of shows, uh, stand-up shows or like a, a play or whatever, they always house you. And mm -hmm. I was getting so busy. I was never in LA and I love traveling. So I was like, what if I just traveled instead of lived in an apartment? And so I was on the road for like two years, just going gig to gig. Uh, and it was just great. And so so when this came up, when this started, uh, my car was already like that. <laughs> like it was already like it was it was my house. Like if I was, you know, if I had like a week off between gigs, I would just drive somewhere. I'd be like, I've never been to North Dakota. I just go to North Dakota. So my car was always kind of packed with like the way I arrange it in the film. Like there's my office, there's my clothes, there's my da da da. Your um, kitchen. My kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Everything's very organized. My game of center. <laughs> and most people would have got a van. I was like, no, nah, Ford Fiesta. That should be fun. Oh, Ford Fiesta. Because he's all about the challenge, right? <laughs> I was so close yeah. to buying a van so many times. And then when this hit, I was like, now would be a good time to that have a been van. would have been good to stretch yeah, out a little. Yeah, it would have been nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was doing, uh, at the time, in March, I think March, probably 13th, 12th, 13th, uh, I was doing a show. Uh, actually, Michael Shaw, who runs Desert Performance in, in uh Palm Springs. I was doing a show there and I had that play lined up. And then right after that, I was going to New York to do another play. And then over the summer I had corporate gigs and stand-up gigs and everything else. And, uh, you know, and I was seeing a girl in Europe at the time and all this kind of stuff. Like there was so many, like I was just kind of doing all this stuff. And then when the pandemic hits, gosh, we had like two days of rehearsal and then they're like, okay, let's just take the next two days off. Cause this is kind of serious. And then the weekend came 
And they're like, okay, well, next week we'll start rehearsals again. And Sunday night, the phone call was just like, we're not doing, we can't, we're not doing the show. And then I called to play in New York, like, we're not doing the show. And I started calling up some of the gigs, the clubs, like, we're closed down. So all of a sudden, the calendar and some events company, I do a lot of events for like Feet First events, their calendar emptied within three days for the next six months. So literally, I was sitting in Palm Springs. I was just like, can I just have a day to pack up this casita that y'all rented me? And so I took a day to pack it up. And I don't, I had no, like, I lost job, career, potentially. Uh, I mean, uh, my grounding, my roots, my housing, like all of it in like a couple of days. You know, and I was just, uh, and I just thought, I love road trips. I've never driven to New York. I have nothing to do. I have no time to do it in. Let me just drive New York, LA back. Just do that dream road trip. And as I started mapping it out, my mom was living in Henderson, Nevada at the time. My brother was in uh, Albuquerque. So I'll go visit them. And I was like, we have a friend who lives in Savannah. Okay, so I can maybe do a loop. I'm in no rush. And I was driving down the 405. I just realized how empty it was. And I was like, I wonder (laughs) if America's like this right now. And so uh, I filmed the stuff in L.A. down on Venice Beach and the pier and everything. Uh, Not thinking it was going to be a documentary. I just I want to film it and capture pictures of it. And I went to go visit my mom in Vegas. And Vegas was dark. And I was like, this is the thing. So then I started mapping out the cities to go to Mm -hmm. on the trip. So then it kind of just... Well, that's I mean, interesting really, that you really didn't start out. Some of that footage d- didn't start out to make a documentary like this, uh, but I could see why you would do it in that order. You're like, wow, this is weird. I'm going to shoot some footage. Yeah. Um, and then it ended up being very riveting all the way through. In fact, Jack, uh, our friend Jack here says the scene in New York looked as if you'd just come out of a bunker after a nuclear uh, blast, afraid to even breathe riveting. It really was the, yeah. from start to finish. And yeah, because- what- Go ahead, Joe. Well, I was going to say, like, with the New York stuff, like, at times, at certain cities, at that time, with the social media and the news, like, New York, from what you, if you listen to the news, it's, you know, so, so uh, sensationalized. I literally thought, like, when you get out, there's, like, a cloud of COVID in the city. Mm -hmm. Like, I was was legitimately scared to get out of my car in New York. I was like, I came here. Let me just roll down the window and take some pictures. Uh, Yeah, so it was, like, I, I really, there were some cities where I was just like, this is, this is, I don't know, you know, you don't know what the truth is at that yeah. point. Yeah. You know? Let's let's back up for just a second here. Sure. Um, I feel like this is also journalism at its best because there's nobody to bounce the story off of. You really right. are man on the street. Look at this. Check out this sign. You're man on the street. You are reporting. There's nobody giving you any kind of information. So it's journalism as its base at its base truth. Yeah. So you started the first place we saw you go was the pier and it was empty. What was that like? It was, it was, it was weird. I, you know, I, I drove down there and I kind of filmed it thinking, I wonder if I'm going to do something with it, but I didn't really have big plans. Cause it's just a, all of it was done on my phone, audio and everything. So there's wow. some bad audio on it, but I didn't think it was going to, you know, I didn't have like a lab mic and the whole thing. It was just me. And I didn't want to have a crew cause that's during a pandemic. You don't want to be around people. So I just started filming it thinking this is something I'm capturing something. Uh, yeah, and just walking down to the pier and just not seeing the Ferris wheel going, not hearing yeah. the scream. Even in March. Walking, yeah, and then just walking down the beach and the beach is empty and then you're walking down Venice Beach and there's like, that's when it really hit me because I was just like, there's no one on, there's a couple stores open and there were a couple like uh, uh, buskers, but they're not making any money. Mm-hmm. Nobody's like, there. Yeah, I mean, everybody was like, okay, you know, restaurants and everything else, it's pretty obvious and airlines, but when you think about like the guy who plays guitar on Venice Beach and makes, you know, 50 bucks a day on tips. 
almost what he, what's he doing? So it was it was a little just you know it was, it was shocking because I didn't expect it to be I didn't expect it to be that empty when I walked down there. Yeah, and then what Thursday people don't what they don't understand um, from back east or the Midwest, even in March, even if it's cold out there, that beach is completely packed. Yeah, the pier the 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 bike path, all those shops. It is a, a circus out there, and and to see that while we're at home watching the map, getting you know all the little cases popping up mm -hmm. and the numbers going up, and to see that that's what everywhere else was, that's footage we weren't seeing mm -hmm. because some of the newscasters weren't out doing what you were doing. Right, we were yeah. all inside watching you. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It was just so weird to go. We didn't know. We didn't even realize what was going on out there. Yeah. And I, you know, I, and I kind of had the freedom to do it because I was, like I said, I was by myself and I had nowhere to go. So I kind of did have the freedom to walk around. So I, you know, and Third Street Promenade, just seeing that empty and then seeing all the luxury shops that they just, they pulled all their product, like Louis Vuitton sure. pulled the product and Bulgari pulled the product. And I was like, this is a bigger thing than I think we know. Cause there were even signs on the doors that were like, we're going to be closed till March 26th. You know, and I was like, oh, like looking back, it's like, cause that back then is like, everything's going to close for two weeks and we're back open again. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Yeah. You know, um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I did. I did want to kind of, and I appreciate that, you know, journalistic reference because I did want to just go and film and shoot what was going on. Like I didn't want to have an agenda, you know, I, nothing political. I didn't want to be taking side. You know what I mean? I've, I've had people comment about it, and they comment some kind of like wild conspiracy theories. I was like, this is just literally a picture of what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, no commentary. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, some people said you should have done like VO or done like a, a recap. I was like, no, this is a, a moment of time. Mm -hmm. Because since then, you're influenced politically and by the news and everything else, you would have kind of a point of view. So this was literally exactly. Just, I wonder what it looks like. Let me just film it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to show a couple of stills. Here's what he's talking about at the pier. So this is the pier. And those of you that have been here, you know that it just it just bustles with with people. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. just to stand in the street and take a picture is insane. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a lot of shots. I'm just like in the middle of the street taking a picture. I'm like, you couldn't do this any other time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. you mentioned the freeway because those of you that live where we live in Southern California, freeway is always bumper to oh, bumper. In the middle of the night, it's bumper to bumper. Yeah. And you're driving at 70 miles an hour on the freeway, which During is rush unheard hour. of. Rush hour down the 405 having no traffic was yeah. insane. Yeah. So how long did it take you to get to, I think the next major city you went to was Las Vegas? Las Vegas, yeah. So I oh, went to, God. so I did like a day in a day in LA and then I just went to Vegas to go stay with my mom. <sighs> mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, I wonder what the strip looks like. And just driving down the strip, no traffic on the strip. Vegas was probably one of the top three most eerie, probably sad cities. Cause just no, I mean, when people aren't staying in the rooms, it's dark. I have that in my notes here when I watch the the um, documentary that, yeah, you're used to seeing all those hotels lit up. Right. And yeah. I get that it's a big deal to turn off all the lights in Vegas. It's a big, big deal. And you have to leave some on legally. But, oh, my gosh. Not just the signs, though. The, the windows of where the people would be. Yeah, all the windows were dark. Yeah. I mean, it just looked like just dark building after dark building after dark building. And to see that in Vegas and I, you know, and you've been to Vegas. I love Vegas. It's just so, it's yeah. so stimulating. Do you have a picture right. of Vegas? I, I showed the, the Mirage. Yeah. The Mirage. Yeah. And, and then I, I think. Uh, that's that's Fremont. Oh. Is that no, Fremont? No, that's not. That's, that's, that's New, York. New York. Sorry. Oh, I that's jumped New York. Ahead. I do have a Fremont. Yeah. Cause I love Fremont. I had to go down. Love there Fremont. Blocked and just to, just to be in Vegas and hearing it quiet. is On a weird. Friday night. On a Friday night. 
during March Madness. When we March supposed, Madness. Which was supposed to be March Madness. Yeah. And yet, and yet canceled. And it was, uh, yeah, I mean, that made me, Vegas made me sad because you just realized how much, how much that affected everybody in Vegas. I mean, the amount of jobs uh, that were lost because of it. Um, and I know a lot of the casinos stepped up and took care of their workers during, which was nice. But um, yeah, Vegas was eerie. I didn't, it, it creeped me out to be honest with yeah. you. You know, yeah. and and, and the, some of those pictures are blurry just because I didn't want to stop on the strip because there was cops in front of every casino, so they would oh, and barricades you know, and, and gates and barricades. So like so a lot of the a lot of the pictures are very you know blurry because I was just on a drive and take a picture and just keep going. So yeah, all of my photos would have just been blurry because I would have been too afraid to get out. <laughs> um, we have some comments yeah. from uh, people who uh, somebody who lives in Vegas, Paula Gelman, who said yes, super sad, and she wrote, yeah. "We are coming back." Because yeah. Vegas is strong. Vegas strong. Um, I've, I've been there. I've been there since. And Paula, Vegas is doing pretty good now. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas is, it, is coming back. Is yeah. it? Okay. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's still a ways from. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, even even going there now. I went there a couple, I guess, a couple months ago. It's still not quite there. But, you know, Vegas is resilient. Vegas is. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never and, kill that town. And there's no. good people there. There's really good people. For like you sure. said, people stepped up and there were food banks and there were yeah. all kinds of people that helped the casino workers. And yeah. I know I have a very kind boss out there who kept us all solvent. Yeah. You know, but, but, and, but you think of like even the live shows like Cirque du Soleil went bankrupt. You know, Cirque du Soleil. What? Yeah, I think I think they declared bankruptcy if I'm not mistaken because they don't there's, they weren't doing shows around the world and the amount of people they employ. Oh, they have so around many around the world. You're right. You know, like worldwide, Cirque du Soleil collapsed, mm, and mm. you know, and a lot of the live performers, um, you know, they, they can't even open up because it now because if they say okay, we can open up this showroom, but if we open it at 50 percent capacity, we're not making any money. Right. You know what I mean? So a lot of the performance is going to take a while to get back. So, yeah. Uh, Again, yeah. I have a very kind boss who yeah. is willing to make that <laughs> sacrifice so that people can work. I've heard, um, I've heard a lot of bosses in Vegas stepped up. I talked to a yeah. few dealers and stuff out there and they're like, we were, you know. Yeah. And we have a, a friend who came on the show a couple of weeks ago, Ian Ward, for those of you that remember, who's a Vegas performer. He was actually in Rock of Ages in LA okay. at the bourbon room, at the bourbon room. And he worked with Nick, um, Cordero. Cordero, the, oh, yeah. the actor who died yeah, of COVID. Yeah, yeah. So we got to see one of his last performances um, before he had COVID and, and passed away, unfortunately. Right. But Ian went on and moved to Vegas, and he said the small rooms, the supper clubs are doing really well. Right. You know, which is what Vegas always was to me. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. You know, so, you know, if you're going to Vegas, you know, don't ask for the, the free tickets. Oh, Tip out. Yeah tip out amazingly for your yes. drinks tip too um, much tip too much you know um it, go to the small venues and support yes. the small venues you yes. know because david copperfield is gonna be fine he's, he's fine yeah he's, yeah he's doing okay he's, <laughs> yeah. doing, he's, doing, he's, doing, he's doing fine but no i 100 say that like support i think what the pandemic did is kind of simplify a lot of people's lives as well you know what i mean uh, and it's kind of in yeah. that metaphor of like the small venues are the ones to support because the big gauche people don't have the money or the time or to do the bigger things. I think the pandemic simplified a lot for a lot of people. Like it really made you zero in on your values and what you care about. I don't know. Is that too much of a stretch from talking about small venue performances? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, to your point, you know, if you support like the mom and pop stuff, you know, the mom and pop independent restaurants and the retailers and the, the, the performance venues, 
then that's kind of taken to like a big old school, like you said, like old school Vegas, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, going and spending, you know, $500 to see uh, Lance Burton, who's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. <laughs> gonna be fine. And we're, we're all about supporting uh, uh, your local businesses, small businesses, yeah. support artists. You know, we, of course, we are artists. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that everyone thinks that when they go out there and b- starts buying their tickets That's and right. Joel Bryant when he's hit out that, there. Hit that, hit that tip, hit that tip button right down there. <laughs> 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 yeah. We've never asked for tips, never but, I'll, asked for tips. but I'll tell you guys yeah. this. If you, uh, now that we're mentioning below, uh, below every video on Facebook and YouTube, you can click a link to watch the full length video of empty America. Um, the full length documentary. Uh, and all of Joel's uh, contact information, just while we're talking about it, please go to where he is on YouTube and subscribe, Facebook and Instagram. Please support him. And you can click those links right in the description below this video. So, um, of course. So I have a question. So we're going from (laughs) L.A. to Vegas. Mm -hmm. Right. Where are you going to the bathroom? Where are you eating? Where are you getting coffee? Where are you washing hands? Where are you shampooing your head? What's this is going the mom, on? These, these are the mom questions coming, Joel. Shampoo? <laughs> <laughs> you got to sacrifice some things. No, in uh, She's used to this, though. She's used to all this. That's, oh, that's why fair, she's asking. Fair. Yeah, I just got this cut for you all. Um, <laughs> I, you, you, make, you, know, you make do. I mean, the gas stations were open. Um, and were I was scared? safe about a little bit. Yeah. I was super like very protective. Like, you know, I'd get out of my car and I'd, you know, before I push the buttons, put a little napkin on my thing, I push the buttons on the gas tank and take it off and I'd go wash my hands and go get somebody to go to the restroom, wash my hands again. You know, I think if you're just diligent about it, um, it was okay, but it was still a little, you know, it's still a little nerve wracking. Uh, but the beautiful thing is the gas was super cheap at the time and the, and the, <laughs> any motel, it was like really cheap, but, um, yeah, restrooms, I would just, you know, as a guy, you have a little more flexibility. Yeah, sure. <laughs> with restroom yeah. breaks, um, yeah. There were some. There were some stretches. There would be a few days where I would sleep in my car and I wouldn't shower or bathe or anything. So, but I was just by myself. I wasn't trying to. No one was smelling me. So, so. where did you? Yeah. I'm sure you were fine. But where did you eat? Uh, mostly we're, gas. Mostly gas stations. So gas stations were still open as far as like their snack bars and some of them, especially on the road, will have like a Jack in the box or a subway attached right, Were those open. Right. Well, I didn't, I didn't eat healthily, you know, so I'd eat like gas station food. And if I, some places I went to, I'd, you know, there would be like a local, like there was some curbside in some cities. Uh, so I, I, I try to as much as I can buy locally from whatever they had. So there's like in West Virginia, where I say there's a pizza place next by is like a local mom and pop. So I just bought two pizzas and lived off, lived off that for two days, you know? So I was trying to support whatever was open. You're uh, killing me, Joel. You know, like if, <laughs> if you had just hooked a right and gone down to Florida, you could have eaten at a buffet every day. <laughs> not, you know what? Not at the time. Cause I debated Florida. Cause I was like, I should go look at Miami, but I was, it's so, it's so far to go down and up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the time, unless Florida, you're flying Southwest, then they do it all right. the time. <laughs> that's right. But at the time, Florida, from what one of the news reports, cause this is in the news as well, they were stopping people from Louisiana and Texas coming in. You know, I remember was, that. I remember is, that. Yeah. This is the time, like some borders were closing. So there were definitely times throughout mm-hmm. where I was like, I have to 
to go. That's why as it, as I get further, it kind of speeds up because I was like, okay, I got to do like, at least like two cities a day now because yeah. what if they I don't want to be stuck in like Kentucky, like in the state. I'm just like stuck here. Like, okay, I made two thirds of my project. So at the time, mm. Florida wasn't letting people in. Wait, so so I do remember that though. I remember yeah. when when states were starting to close. So you're yeah. in in Vegas, right? So did you skip past Utah and go right into New Mexico? Well, my brother lives in Albuquerque, so it was kind of a natural thing to go there. Okay. And Utah, I couldn't think of where to go in Utah. Why would like you? There was, there was definitely, you know, I mean, Utah's beautiful, but, you know, if I go to Moab, I'll be like, Moab's crazy. No one has a context for how empty Moab would be. You know what I mean? They'd be like, wow, there's, there's, where are all the bikes? So I tried to. As, it's like, as, that's Utah, Mormon stuff, right, Mormon exactly. stuff. There's some more Mormon Desert, stuff. Yeah, like, <laughs> Joshua Tree, around. Joshua Tree. <laughs> Like you walk around Zion National Park, you're like nobody's here. It's a park. Um, so I definitely was, you know, I, I was definitely form. I didn't have a plan. I was definitely formulating as I went. You know what I mean? So, and then I just as I went, I was like, I would formulate what hubs to go to where. So that's why you know Vegas is obvious. Albuquerque yeah. was obvious. My brother was there, and I thought, well, let me just get Santa Fe while I'm here. And then Dallas, you know, Texas. I had to choose a couple different cities because I didn't want to like drive around Texas for a whole week. You know, so so I was kind of formulating as I went. So like Utah, like the middle of America kind of went sure. by the wayside. Because yeah. well, you know can we talk about about Texas? Cause we have quite a few people watching that are in Texas. Oh yeah. yeah so Texas where is, did you go in Texas? Uh well, I, I kind of had three choices. I went I went Dallas, Fort Worth. So I thought just for pure what would be busy and then what would look empty. Mm-hmm. Wow. I thought Dallas Fort like my options were like the Riverwalk in San Antonio would be interesting. Uh, Austin, like Congress, Sixth Street in Austin, Houston would be interesting, or Dallas, Fort Worth. But I didn't want to do all four because that could be that could be a week, week and a half, right? So I just like let me just do one city, and so I chose Dallas, Fort Worth because I just thought, okay, a it's a hub, and b I have a friend who lives there, so maybe I can call them up and stay there. And so he said, yeah, of course you can stay here. So I went down to the Fort Worth stockyards and stuff like that. And then when I was done, I called him. He goes, yeah, my wife said no. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. He goes, yeah, you know, you you probably got it. You know, and they have kids. And, and I totally understood it. We didn't but know was, much about it either. We didn't know yeah. if kids would get it and and die. We, we had no idea. Well, we thought, like you said earlier, it was just in the air. Yeah, you had no, I mean, there was no context for anything. So uh, he told his wife and his wife got mad. And they said, yeah, you can't stay here. Uh so I just kept driving into Arkansas. So I just drove all the way through. So Dallas Fort Worth was kind of the stopover just because I didn't want to, you know, it just kind of made sense as a through line. I definitely well, want to get down to Bourbon Street. So. so I could see how you wouldn't be able to make a plan, how you would kind of have to plan that as you go um, yeah. because of the nature of like what's going to be open, what, mm-hmm. how do I get through or borders that close. And right. where were you getting your news? Uh, radio, I flip around the radio every mm. once in a while, and then you know, I'd flip on my phone and you know, go to Twitter or whatever else. Uh, you know, so you're getting filtered news. Uh, so it was really hard, it was really hard to believe what was really going on, you know, uh, just because you're getting all sorts of different news sources. Um, I was just kind of playing it as safe as I could. Uh, so but yeah, you really had no, and, and also part of it was I just thought this was going to be such a short amount of time. Like, it was only supposed to be two weeks, maybe three weeks. It was, was supposed like, well, to be done by Easter. Yeah. I was like, well, if I'm going to do the whole country, I better like blaze through. So I had to make some choices, you know? I'd like, you know, make choice like one city in Texas. Okay, move on. One city here. So I was kind of under the clock, 
you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and were you still no mask, no gloves, just a lot of hand washing and social distancing at that point? Up through probably Savannah or beyond. Then they kind of zeroed in on the big three, the hand washing, mask, uh, social distancing, which we know now. We have a viewer from Georgia What is that's logged on. What, did, what do you have to say about Georgia? Uh, currently or then? I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, loved, I do love Georgia. Uh, Georgia, I went to Savannah because uh, I had a friend in Savannah who I hadn't seen for a while. And I love Savannah. I just thought Savannah is a big tourist spot, like the river walk and everything. So sure, if you go sure. down to uh, Savannah, because I thought Atlanta, but Atlanta is not really much of a hub. Atlanta is just a big city with a bunch of different spots. So uh, I went down to Savannah, which is one of my favorite cities in the U.S., and just to see it empty was incredible but that's where i got the footage of the the the, the porch concert oh like I was, yeah I was yes. Savannah and her neighbors were like yeah this guy's uh this guy's you know uh, he's a local musician hasn't worked and he's just going to play music on his porch and so he started playing these songs and everybody kind of got and everybody's like six feet apart like everybody's kind of good mm-hmm. and then a guy across the street pulled out his sound system like a whistle and they did like a, an impromptu duet concert like in the middle of the street. Like it was amazing, you know? So like that, like I, I put that in there because it's like people just innovated. Like you, right. people, people just like like yourselves and like myself, creatives just have to create. You just have mm-hmm. to do stuff. Like, you, you know, do a podcast and everything else. Um, but I love Georgia. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was my kind of bottom right part of the U.S. before I headed up north. Did you, there's a, there's a uh, comment here and this person doesn't want to get political, but Uh. she says, I'm sure it was interesting to see the reaction of COVID in blue states versus red states. Do you want to comment on that? That, here's why, I don't want to like toot my own horn, but here's why I thought what I did was kind of interesting because at the time, everybody was on the same page. Yes. Like that was the last time everybody, it was before it got, is before COVID got political, it was before Mm -hmm. it got monetize anything else at that time for the most part everyone was on the same page and that's why mm-hmm. i think it's kind of an interesting documentary is like georgia was empty texas was empty uh new york was empty seattle was empty you know what i mean uh it's oh that's very nice jack so that's why it was kind of interesting <laughs> to see that's why it's interesting to see is because it was the only time during the whole pandemic those three weeks four weeks where everybody was like we're all indoors and then mm-hmm. it started getting kind of divisive yeah. You know, um, see journalism at its basic right yeah. there because you didn't have anybody making those those uh, editorials. You, for and you, you filled right. a need, which we didn't know that we needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it felt like it was kind of one of the few times over the past, I don't know, 20 years in this country that everybody was on the same page. For like a moment mm-hmm. in time, everybody uh, was on the same page. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alabama was a little loose, but everybody else was on the same <laughs> And Florida, if you had hooked, just oh, hooked right. What a gun in Florida. Florida. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, like that's what was kind of interesting about. Like everybody, it's almost not to be too morbid, like you know, post 9-11, where after 9-11, mm-hmm. everybody was on the same page for mm-hmm. like a good solid two weeks. You know? Yeah. Um, that's that's why it was kind of fascinating to just see that. Um, and to get to the previous question, you know, there was a there was a whole 15-point safety thing I did every time I stopped. Which was like, what? That had to have been exhausting, dude. It's everything, it's everything they said. It was like gargle the salt water, make sure you drink hot liquid. So I was just drinking hot water and coffee the whole time. Mm-hmm. I was gargling salt water. I was had the gloves. I had the, I had a, a, a spray bottle in my car. I would take it into any 
you know, gas stations with me. Like there was a, there was a kind of a diligent plan they had where they just, they weren't sure of everything. So they're just like, here's 15 things to do. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, I tried to follow them all, but you know, then they kind of narrowed it down. So yeah, masks started coming in like right around Georgia, I guess, stuff like so that. So let's, let's do, let's go, let's recap where we are now. Okay. So you did California, Nevada, skipped Utah, went to New, New Mexico, Mexico, New Mexico, Texas, Texas, Texas. New Orleans. Wait, where, where, where is where? this? New Orleans. That's, That's New Orleans. Oh, wait, where, no, where no, is no. this? That's the Mall of America in Minneapolis. Get. Okay, so I, I skipped ahead. Let's go right here. Look at this, guys. That's this New is Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. That is insane, dude. What New time or of day was this? Oh, noon, maybe one. Yeah. <sighs> no. It never, yeah. the only time it ever looks kind of empty like that is at like six or seven in the morning when the sweepers yeah. come through and start spraying everything down from yeah. all the mess from the night before. You know what I mean? But never does it ever so look like So New this. Orleans, what was New Orleans like? Oh, New Orleans, uh, New Orleans was easily the, uh, the saddest. It was most sad, saddest. It was the most melancholy just to go. And I love New Orleans and there's mm -hmm. music everywhere and there's people and it's constant and it's amazing. And just to drive, to be able to drive down Bourbon Street. Like I literally just drove down Bourbon Street. I didn't even think you no, could drive down Bourbon no, Street. You, <laughs> you thought you always walked there. Yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah. So I took around Burma. I was just like, this is weird. And then I just pulled off to the side and just walking around. I mentioned the documentary, just how quiet it is. Cause New Orleans is a quiet city and there's mm -hmm. no one there and it's just quiet. And you're just walking down the middle of Bourbon street and everything's shuttered. There's no, it was it, New Orleans threw me off for sure. Like New Orleans was the first time I realized like Vegas was kind of like shocking, but New Orleans was like, this is a bigger, if you shut down Bourbon street, if you shut down people in New Orleans, it's a bigger thing than than you could ever imagine. You know, it was just. And when was uh, this? Were, were, were we like at the beginning of April? 20th or. Tw yeah, probably, uh, 25th, 25th, 26th of March, maybe. March. Like okay. A timestamp on the document. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, it's that's the one that really made me sad, to be honest with you. Like New Orleans mm. shook me for sure. And then there was a moment, too, in New Orleans where it was kind of, I guess it was more like four or five. And the sun was kind of going down. And I started to get scared because. There was a there's a few homeless people and whatnot. And New Orleans could be a sketchy town in many ways. And I was like, I don't want to be out here when it's dark because we're kind of in desperate times. Like I felt really, you know, oh, uh, God. you know, I felt like a little bit like, yeah, if I'm the one guy walking around here, they don't recognize it gets dark mm -hmm. out. You know, you don't know what kind of desperation can come out of people, you know. So um, where did you go? Yeah. Did you pack it all up and just get, or get back in your car and just drive? Yeah, I was in New Orleans for like maybe an hour, two hours, maybe just like Bourbon Street and like down by uh, uh, Cafe du Monde. And then, uh, yeah, then I headed up to uh, Mississippi and <laughs> stayed, slept in my car did, in Mississippi. <laughs> were there no, did you stop? <sighs> She's so frustrated to think that you weren't taking care of yourself. Out I was there. like, I, I would have said, a, Travis, you said Joel could stay here. Okay, <laughs> fine, but he's here for the next three weeks. Once say, he's I, here, he's not leaving. He's I quarantining. A, I did stay. I'd probably say 50-50. Well, a couple of my friends, like probably three or four friends I stayed with throughout the route, or five maybe. What about uh, like rest stops? Could you stay there? Yeah, I, I slept in a rest stop outside of New York in my car. Um, outside of staying with friends, I think it may be four times, five times. The rest of it was either probably 50% my car, 50% some motel. Because there were still and, some motels that were open. 
like in the really? middle of nowhere. Like in the middle of nowhere. And there was like no one in the motels. So, you know, you pull up and it was like, and it was cheap. It was like 20 bucks because they're like, no one's staying here. And then I'd stay in like some like dicey roadside motel. Um, like the road. Night, a night or two nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the chuckle nice hut. Here's like your room. One, one car. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Every door used, faces the street. I was used to crap motels. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. But yeah, I saw a shower there or whatnot or use the Wi-Fi. So I did, I did a motel every once in a while. Uh, I did get turned away from one motel because they're like, we're not letting people. I was like, why are you even open? But they're like, you know, some motels were even just not letting people in. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd, go, I'd probably go like 50-50, you know. What was gas and also, like? Uh, drinkable. No oh, gasoline. <laughs> was it cheap at the time? I can't remember because you know we really didn't pay attention to prices like that because we weren't using it. It was it was really the best time to take a road trip because gas was super cheap and motels were super cheap, and, and the freeways probably, were wide open. The freeways were wide open. I probably I mean you just couldn't do anything once you got somewhere. But I probably did the whole thing on like a thousand bucks. Maybe. Wow. <gasps> that Maybe like fifteen hundred, something like that. Yeah, it was it was I mean, shout out to Ford Fiesta and the gas mileage, but yeah, it was uh super cheap to stay anywhere to get gas. So, you know, hmm. and I wasn't like spending on nice hotel rooms or good food. Uh so I didn't spend all that much money to do it. You know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So where are we now? Are we in Texas? We're in no, Savannah. We, Savannah. Savannah. Then where? Nashville. Tornado. Tornado in Nashville, right? What? Yeah. I, yeah I, we, did I skip that part? No, we forgot all about it because we were too focused on not dying. While while he was out there with his goddamn phone shaking hands with people. Did you shake someone's <laughs> hand, Joel Bryan? I, I touched nobody. In fact, there's a reason why I don't do interviews on it. Because I was like, I don't even want to talk to anybody. Like I did, I I talked to nobody the whole time. You know, yeah. except like the gas station attendant. Uh yeah, so from Savannah, I know I wanted to get to New York, and there's like a couple options. There's like you know Asheville or whatever. I was just trying to figure out what's the place to go to, and then I had a friend in Nashville who I hadn't seen, so I was like, I'm, I might stop by. He goes, come by, um, and you know it was weird when I visit friends or see like I stayed with the few friends I stayed with. They were like I had still had to stay six feet away from them, like in their place. So like, like inside their house. Yeah, yeah, inside the house. So <laughs> we like, did that never... with Pilar, remember? Yeah, but not in, not in March of 2020. Yeah, so we so we, so we socially distanced in the house, and like they would give me like, here's your fork to use while you're here, and here's mm-hmm. your plate to use, and that's all I could use. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like a you know it wasn't like a big raucous you know uh, party, but so Nashville, uh, Nashville, I just decided to go to downtown Nashville to see how because that's always like a rocking place, um, and it was shut down, but it was it was two and a half weeks, three weeks after the tornado ripped through East Nashville, mm-hmm. which right. which was. It kind of it just put a lot in context because I, I filmed Nashville, and then I've never seen a tornado. I've never seen tornado damage up close. Like I've never driven through a tornado area, and it's. I mean, the it's news, scary. It is. It is because, because one building will be. I did in um, Springfield, yeah, Missouri, yeah. and like there is, you know, when you play a, a club, and then there's like a row of hotels. Yeah. And so like a Hampton Inn and then, you know, like all those similar yeah, hotels are next to each hotels. other. Yeah. And out of four of them, like one was standing, one was down, one was standing, one was completely down. It's and it crazy. was just, yeah, yeah. Cause they were right next to each other. It and it's arbitrary. frightening. And then, arbitrary. You can almost, and then you can almost like in East Nashville, you can almost follow the tornado path through the city. Like it didn't oh follow the gosh. roads. And so you, yeah. So 
I included that just for like the content as a, you know, for the news of the time, like this is what Nashville was dealing with, like COVID and oh yeah, a tornado just tore apart half of East Nashville. Um, you know, I hate to say I was lucky to get that at the time, but I just happened to be there and filmed it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was pretty depressing too. This is the part of the trip where I started to get more depressed. Being on the road. What did you do when you got depressed? Did you pick up the phone and call someone, or? Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I, no, I, you know, texting, you know, fun videos, things like that. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I enjoy the road, but it was nice to reach out to people, you know, every once in a while and just kind of be entertained. Can um, I tell you uh, what my favorite part of the video of your documentary is? Yeah. And and this is going to, it's going to sound silly, but, but I'll tell you why I, we mm. watched it once. And then on the second time around, I thought, Oh, this is my favorite part. When you've got the sunset in your rear view. Oh, and you're right. going, oh guys, guys. <laughs> oh. It's just a silly moment because you are in the middle of a pandemic was, in the middle yeah. of nowhere by yourself traveling across the country and you were playing around. It was just this sort of sweet, quiet moment of playfulness. And it just was one of my favorite parts where, where you're just goofing around. It, it sounds <laughs> random, but where were you when you shot that part? I kept that in there. That was outside. I think I was going into Arkansas at the time. I think, uh, I think it was Arkansas. There was, there was some moments I kept in there because I, when you're in your, by yourself in the car that long, you do, as a you know comedian, you do just kind of joke around a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and there has to be some light moments in something this kind of heavy. Yeah. So I was just like filming it. And I mean, I, I cut a lot. I didn't put a lot of dumb stuff I did in there, but you know, when you spend too much time by yourself, you kind of go a little bit uh, off the, off yeah. the, uh, <laughs> off, off the, the rails. Yeah. Off the sure. rails. Yeah. So that was just to entertain. Some people were like, I don't get it. And then some people like yourself were like, oh, it's so, it's so yeah, ridiculous. It was, a nice, it was a nice playful moment in, in the yeah. middle of all this really heavy stuff. Yeah. yeah well, the yeah. road certainly would get you ready for that kind of, of trip. I mean, I oh, think people sure. don't realize how much we're alone. You know, yeah. we're alone. And my first manager said, what is your bad habit? And I said, I don't think I have one. And he goes, do you drink? Nope. Do you smoke? Nope. Do you, and I said, do you gamble? No. I said, I do worry. And he goes, yeah. oh, that's the worst. So <laughs> he said, because for 23 hours, you do that. Yeah. And then you go work for an hour. Yeah. And, and you know, it's a very lonely business. People don't, very I don't, I don't, lonely. I don't think people understand that, that you know, they, they see you, like you said at the start, they see you for an hour on stage or whatever it is. And, I mean, the world's yours and everybody's having a good time. But like you said, for the other 23 hours, for the most part, you're riding that buzz till the buzz falls off and then you just got to pass the time till your next show. Right. You know? Right. And then, you know, and, and, and like, it's, it's hard to shut off your head. So, you know, your, your gears are always turning and things like that. So it is, you know, it's the, doing the road did prepare me for this in many ways. Yeah. I just, I just never showed to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, it, was, it was just, it was, it was the perpetually moving show date. <laughs> so oh my like, God. We're dark again. When does this end? I did feel like I was on like some tour of like, and, and everything just kept getting canceled. It's like, uh -huh. all right, going into Nashville. No show tonight. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I just went to shit, I drank that Red Bull. <laughs> oh I my goodness. Canceled the late show. Yeah. Like, I just drink this Red Bull. Oh, that's the worst, isn't it? Oh yeah, you have like a monster. You down a monster. Like we're not going to show. Joel, I like, don't know if I want to go back. Oh, I don't know if I want to go back. Yeah, um, I get it. Yes, you do. 
<laughs> well, when you were talking about like being on the road by yourself, I remember being on the road with Jimmy Roulette and he thought he could stay up and get us to the next city. He thought he was going to do it. Yeah. And this is an actual person. Yeah. Jimmy I feel Roulette. like you're making up that. No. Name. Jimmy and <laughs> and like he was eating name. gummy bears, not like CBD gummy bears, like just real gummy bears. I mean, it's like 20 years ago. Yeah. But he he didn't like the yellow ones, I think. So he was throwing them out the window, but he didn't realize he never rolled down the window. So there were these gummy bears attached to the window. Oh, it was God. like two in the morning. He's like, ah, because they're <laughs> down. And so, and that's, yeah, that's when we had to that's leave. The road. You're yeah. not going to go on that kind of road oh, again. Oh my gosh. That was in. Um, Girl, you're going to, you're going to the MGM. Uh, that's perform. true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, road stories good. are good, right? Road, road stories, stories are, good. are good. Yeah. So. I, I, some of my favorite gigs are on the road. I like, like pulling up to like a small bar and they're like, here's the gig. It's a bunch of bikers in a bar. I'm like, right. All right. Here we go. The set. Here we yeah. are. <laughs> Why is there chicken wire in front of the stage? Oh, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Like, okay. You're going to go on after the heavy metal band. LA's not much better. I remember being at the yeah. store and stepping on glass on the stage. I mean, yeah. I choose. But yeah. I went, what the hell? And they're like, oh, the last comic got a right. glass thrown at them. Yeah. And I remember telling Travis that I felt like Lady from Lady and the Tramp when she's in the pound. And I'm like, I have a license. I have a license. I don't need to be in here with you. Oh, people are asking questions. Let's get to oh, them. Sorry, sorry. Can you we see got, the we question? Got, we, got, we got sidetracked. Uh, I we definitely did. can. Definitely can. How did the film get in the Smithsonian? Yeah, oh. from Mike Bilbrey. Uh Great question because uh, so when I was done with the whole thing, after I'd gone through the whole thing and taken a lot of still photographs, uh, I realized I, I just thought like this is such an interesting like just to capture all these cities in kind of one collection. So I started emailing them to a couple of different you know travel blogs or websites that I subscribe to newsletters because I do enjoy traveling. And I thought here's something interesting. What about this? What about this? And I just got rejected by a bunch of them. Uh, they're like they're like oh we've seen these pictures oh we get it things are empty. Uh, and literally I don't know. Because I don't look, I I think what I did was uh, interesting, but I'm not I'm not confident enough to be like I bet the Smithsonian would like these. <laughs> like, like, but you're drinking like, tea you know, and smoking a long yeah, cigarette. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I got rejected by this blog that has 12 readers, but I bet the Smithsonian <laughs> is, on, is on board with this. They, they, I don't know how they got a hold of it. I don't know if it, cause I was doing a little blog as I went. I don't know if they saw it there, but they emailed me out of the blue. And they're like, hey, uh, this is uh, Shannon from the Smithsonian Institution, and we saw your photos, and we'd like to uh, include them in the Smithsonian Archives as a snapshot of uh, 2020, the COVID 2020, and uh, and also uh, perhaps maybe do a, a live viewing, like a, a dis, uh, an exhibit at the National Museum of American History in DC. Wow. Like that was the email. I was just like, what? Oh, Sorry. Oh. Okay. And so, so yeah, we had a couple phone conversations and she was like, yeah, so first you have to like, a, you know, of course you got to do the deed of gift. And I was like, okay, slow down. I don't know what a deed of gift is. <laughs> so, well, you're oh. a I was like, no, I took pictures. <laughs> and so she like walked me through the, all the basics of how you gift. You have to like, here's how you have to gift your things. And here's the paperwork you have to fill out. And I did a whole Excel spreadsheet. And so, I mean, literally, it was almost out of the blue. And so we kind of had conversations back and forth. And then, uh, oh, thank you, Linda. I'm enjoying you enjoying it. Uh, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, so then I sent it. And then she goes, okay, so I saw some photos. How many did you take? I was like, I took a few hundred. She goes, 
just send them all and we'll choose what we like. So I sent her, like I just dropboxed all the photos I took. A data dump. Without, yeah, just a huge data dump. And she came back and she was like, okay, so here's the uh, here's the 134 we like. And I was like, wow. okay. So she goes, so you have to catalog them all and write descriptions and do the thing. So it took me like a week and a half just to do all that. Um, yeah, and then so they're officially in the archives. Does a, that mean because you've gifted them, does it mean that you can't use them anywhere else? Uh, 100% no. No, I, I can use them wherever I want to. They don't have exclusive rights or anything. Oh, so okay. they just they just have it for their uh, archives. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Congratulations. I'm a photographer. Yay! Yay! Everybody applaud for Yay! Joel. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is amazing. This is, this is what I used. In case the <laughs> wow, look at that camera. out there. Nice camera. <laughs> that's what else was embarrassing. So what would you take the photos on? I was like, an iPhone, iPhone 6. X. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, was, I'll be braggadocious. So they, they do, they, do. They, they, they got like, I guess they reached out to a few different photographers and collections and stuff. And they kind of put this whole COVID-19 project together with like eight photographers of like 500 photos, something like that. And uh, I had 134 of the 500. In wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's nice. Any of your favorites? Of the photos? Yeah, that you went, oh, I knew they would choose this one. And did you have any that you went, well, I wonder why they thought that was interesting, but okay. Yeah, a mix, a mix. Definitely the ones I sent you that you've already showed here for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They didn't take some that were my favorites. Um, and they took some random ones because they, they kind of wanted to get the journey. So there's like a picture of like me eating a green chili cheeseburger. No, like that's part of the whole journey of it, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, they, they chose random ones, but, you know, they chose so many. It's like there's definitely, Aww. you know, some keepers in there. Oh, thanks, Mike. That's such a so great Mike, comment. for Look those of you watching, uh, how cool is that? On other, <laughs> we have the best audience. On, if you're watching on other platforms, you might might not have seen Mike Bilberry say his documentary is going to be seen for hundreds of years. The photos are truly beautiful. Um, what I want to do, I'm going to put this up again, you guys. If you go to joelbryant.net, click the link. If you're watching this live or watching this on Facebook or YouTube. Go to his website because Joel, you have a lot of these photos on yeah. your website, right? Yeah, and and under the blog, there's kind of if you look at the blog, past, past the first or the last, most recent two or three entries, I kind of did a photo dump, and then I have actually write ups of every city. So when I'd go, I take wow. pictures, I'd write up the whole city, what kind of what I was feeling at the time. The uh, date so is, is the date on there. Uh -huh, the date's on there, so it's yeah. kind of like a reverse reverse chronological order of it, and then a lot mm. of the still photo photographs are in the documentary itself. Uh, you know, yeah, they are. You know, what's really, really interesting is we talk about history and documenting this, and we're living in such a unique time. In the past, when you look at historical pictures that tell a story, you see people. So, right. you know, like the Great Depression, you would see people standing in a soup line or the Dust Bowl. You would see people covered in in dust or, you know, you would yeah. the, the people were telling the story. And in empty America, it is empty. I mean, your photos are just stark. It's and it's creepy. What yeah. about the sound? Did you miss sound when you would get yeah. off your car? Oh, it was. In, yeah, it was. In, I mean, you would. When I pulled into New York and you hear nothing and you see nobody on the streets oh, of New York. Oh, we didn't York. even talk about New York. Like, oh, there's I, New York. There's New York. I I took a lap around Manhattan in 25 minutes. Like literally like Lincoln Tunnel, Times Square, wow. all the way down. You like, drove? Yeah, in like 25 minutes. There was no traffic and it was just oh all green God. lights. I'm just like, I'm blazing down Fifth Avenue. 
and just you know to be in Times Square and just have no sound, no music. Uh, to hear cabs? someone yell something. Were there something? cabs? There was no cabs, right? I don't think there were cabs. Uh -uh. Yeah, nobody could drive with anybody. Yeah, I mean it was like delivery workers and garbage trucks. But like to hear someone yell on a few blocks over in New York and have it echo to you is insane. To be in Times Square and hear someone yell from like a few blocks over, it was insane. Oh, um, just look, look so at that. Creepy. Yeah. It was, and that, yeah, in New York, New York was probably one of the top three that really shook me just to be in New York and just see it just empty. Like, no, the, the, the streets were insane, you know? Um, yeah, it was, that's the one that really kind of scared me. I got a couple things going on here. One, Debbie Gross yeah. says, I'm going to make sure all my family, well, you can read these, right? I'm oh, yeah, going to make sure all my family members <laughs> and friends read, thank you. who are teachers <laughs> know about this documentary. Um, and Loretta said, love that he captured what we were feeling. We we're wondering what was happening in other parts of, parts of the country while we were hunkered yeah. down. A great documentary. Mm -hmm. um, and Joe Casas, wow. Amazing talent from my high school friend, Carrie oh, Mueller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Carrie. Thank you for she joining us. Talking about. She was the class, she was the senior class president. So if, if, if that's valid, if that validates anything. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. What was go back in the day? <laughs> um, what is your, what was your team? Uh, what was our mascot? Yeah. The Bears? The Go Bears! bears. Go Bears! Go Bears! I have another question. Um, yeah. You know what got me in Vegas, and you probably saw a lot of it, was signage. Mm. And can you make yeah. some comments about the signage? The one that got me in Vegas was your safety is our number one concern. Yes. And the Go ahead. I was just going to say you had some some – you captured photographs of some signage that just was very impactful. It was the signage was, uh, yeah. I mean, Vegas just to see those huge giant signs lit up with like messages of hope is so endearing. Like there was, there was definitely an optimism as I went. Cause all the, the signage everywhere, even like on road signs where it's like, you know, uh, we're going to get through this or everything else. Or like the one in new Orleans where I think I show on it, where it's like, we're going to be okay. Like there was, there was an optimism there was, this idea that America was kind of coming together. Like we're all hunkering down. The signs are out there to kind of remind you we're going to be okay. So it was, there was optimism with like, you know, when you just constantly read the signs that made it feel like, Oh, this is, this is going to be fine. We're going to be mm -hmm. okay. Like literally mid April, we'll be fine. Like it was so optimistic. Uh, but to see people take the time out of, to do like in Vegas, change all the signs or to put hand drawn signs or things like that. Um, it was kind of heartening. Like it was, you know, you just thought like, okay, we have a chance. Like this is going to be okay. You mm -hmm. know? Uh, yeah. What, what was New York like at the time? Because that was our first hot point in, in the United States. I think New York at the time uh, was the hot spot. And they had, um, I think it's back when the morgues were so crowded, they had the refrigerator trucks. Mm. Like Did the you news see that? No, 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 no. And I didn't, and to be honest, like in places like that, I just didn't want to linger. Like I sure. went there to get footage, but I didn't want to, you know, I wasn't, a, I wasn't, I wasn't working for like, you know, CNN or something. I didn't, I didn't want to be like a press guy. I didn't want to take any pictures of that kind of stuff. Like, I don't want to mm -hmm. go into a hospital and be like, all right, everybody, you know, let me get some shots of this. That just wasn't We were my... seeing those photos anyway. We, we yeah. needed to see right. the footage and the photos that you shot because yeah, no one else to, was. I was trying to be as respectful as I could doing this because i realized how deep i was into it and how bad it was you know and so i didn't want to like go in the middle you know i don't want to take a picture of the refrigerator truck that's you know you saw that everywhere not. like i don't want to sensationalize this literally it was just like 
This is what New York looks like when it's empty. Right. But that did was you, what I wanted to show. But were you aware, even though you didn't see those images, we were sure. seeing them. Were yeah. you aware of your of the danger in New York and how? For sure. That's why, I, I mean, it took me probably 25 minutes to get out of my car in New York. Like when I pulled in, I sat in my car and had to psych myself up. Like it was that. I was that nerve wracked to get just just even get out of my car and walk around. Hmm. And, you know, uh, and like a lot of the shots are from my car. Like I was nervous to I closed my air vents on my car. <laughs> just like but I closed oh, the air vents sure. just in case I mean, it blows in. Of course. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was when I left New York, I was so happy. I was just like, I want to get out of New York. And then, of course, I was paranoid that I caught something. Um, yeah, we because all were. Were yeah. you t taking your temperature? Were you, were you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was taking temperature and everything else. You know, I was being, I was being diligent, you know, I was being uh, safe and everything. I didn't want to. Did you have a plan? A plan for? We, well, like we if all, you got sick. Yeah, we all had a plan. You know, if uh, you get sick, this is what I'm going to do. If, if I, I turn into sick. a zombie, put me in the garage and feed me chickens, <laughs> that sort of plan. Did you have one? No, I didn't have a plan for the whole thing. I, I, <laughs> once I no, like, did you have a plan? Like if I get sick, I would call. No, no, I didn't think about uh, it. I didn't think about it. Yeah. Well, look, this this guy, first of all, Elon, <laughs> Elon Musk did a wonderful job. He's a robot. Remember, he didn't have oh to worry gosh. about that. I, I, I swim through mud for fun. I felt like I have a pretty good immune yeah, You guys, come on. There look you at, go. Look at that. My, so, Joel. My, my, main, my, main, my main thing was like I didn't want to – my sickness wasn't – I wasn't concerned about that. I didn't want to be spreading it anywhere. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So that was kind of my main thing. It's like, as long as I stay clean into myself, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. when you got to Oregon, I think it was, if well, I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm going to fast forward just because of the context. You started sniffling and you had some allergies. And the first uh, thing I thought was, oh, shit. In Seattle. In Seattle. Yeah. And then a few minutes later, you said, it's just allergies. I was like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, like I was yeah, watching in real time or something. <laughs> You're just like watching the watching me decay into being sick with yes. COVID. I know. No, it scared me. Yeah, when I was kind of sniffling and stuff, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I started kind of getting a little bit scared about it. We got um, another question. Did you read it? Did you get tested on the road? Yeah. Uh, didn't have it then. Didn't have. That's it. right. <gasps> Where are it we was, now? We, are we in COVID April yet? Then. The whole thing. My last shot was April 10th of last year. So this was, and that's what's weird because you have to put it in context of what it was. You couldn't get you couldn't mm. get tested. They didn't, they didn't the tests weren't even available then. You know what I mean? Like that's why there was all sorts of information. It's like okay, to contemporary, like it was still being developed. Like the whole idea of how do we do this? What do we do? Was still being developed. You know what I mean? I mean this was like this was back in the during the toilet paper rush of 2020. Like it was like early on in the pandemic. So I didn't you didn't have access to things like testing or. Um, Anything like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's just so fascinating to, to, because we've been through so much. Yeah. It's fascinating to go back in this little slice of time and yeah. look at it and go, oh yeah, the toilet paper thing. Right. Jesus Christ. The toilet oh, paper. Thing. Yeah. I paid $40 for three rolls on Amazon. <laughs> And that was last week. Uh, the, in the gas stations, where they do they have their toilet paper and paper towels like on lockdown? Yeah, yeah, they did actually. Yeah, yeah you couldn't, you couldn't. Uh, yeah, some didn't just didn't have it, and some were just like you know you can't buy it here or anything, or you could like buy one roll or something like that. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's what's. I think that's why it kind of stands up to a degree. Is because it was such a specific moment in time mm-hmm. that since then we've been so uh, manipulated, or your, your mind has changed, or we've been through so much since then. You know, uh, the, the BLM riots and uh, uh, the election, everything else. So much. It's hard to put the it in fires context. where we were. The yeah. fires. We I mean, had fires been, for a solid month. Right. There's been so much news since then that this was like pre election pre BLM pre, pre everything pre daily news conferences pre like it was literally just when it started um so that's why I think it's that's why I didn't want to like do too much of like I don't want to make a statement with it it was like yeah. really kind of like this is what it looked like that's all that's sure. all you said it, earlier you, know? sure. you said something about having the a buddhist perspective um which if you watch this it very much is just an observation if you if you know anything about buddhism you try not to judge you try not to you know view things through that lens and i and i get a sense of that in this all it is is just a guy observing what's going on and not to sensationalize just to show what's happening and and i really got that sense throughout the whole thing your spirit was was fantastic throughout you you did kind of get a sense so for those of you that haven't seen the documentary yet you must you can see joel Every now and then you can see it wearing wearing you down, dude. But then you oh, got that sure. moment where with the sunset, and then and then you got the sniffles, and we're all with you on that. Like, oh shit, I hope it doesn't yeah. have it. And then you come back to LA and you're going through Northern Cal. And yeah, you you do have this uh this experience with this documentary that's unlike anything else. And I told Joel this last week when we were talking. When Debbie first started watching it, I thought, ah, oh, where everyone's so tired of the pandemic. I don't want to watch something about the pandemic. And and then I'm sitting here uh, in my chair and it was on the TV and I'm listening to it. And I'm like, okay, this is not like anything that is about the pandemic. This right. is such a different view of what we were experiencing. Jack uh, Denlinger a few minutes ago wrote the dark, the great darkness of knowledge at the time. And yeah. you shed light on that with this documentary mm-hmm. on that oh, darkness. Thank you. thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, and I, I wanted to keep shots of, I didn't want it to be about me, but I kept shots of me in the cars because I wanted to be like, this is what I'm thinking as I'm doing this. And I think you do kind of see, you get, I get kind of worn down at the end of it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like in, in LA, I'm just like, look at the beach is all, and then, you know, it's all like kind of set up and nice. And, all, and then by like Seattle where I'm in my car sniffling, I'm just like, hadn't slept for two days. I'm just like, yeah, this is, and and I think it kind of captures how the, the moment was at the time. Cause people were starting to get worn down by it, you know, mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. this is really exhausting me. And that was three weeks into it, you know, um, 8,600 so miles. Eighty six hundred miles. Yeah. Seventeen cities. Seventeen major cities. Yeah, and all the small ones in between. Yeah, yeah, and all weeks. the Bates motels and everything in between. <laughs> and all there. the creepy motels. Yeah, yeah. How much coffee? Yeah. All the coffee. For all of it. <laughs> all of it. Coffee. Constant coffee. <laughs> Constant roadside stops. <laughs> Luckily, there wasn't that much traffic, so as a fella, it's easy to get rid of the coffee. Yeah, there. there. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There was. I did, I did feel like once I got to New York, I felt like I had to hurry through it because they started closing down some of the uh, borders or the, you know, like new, like Rhode Island, which I didn't show in it because I didn't film it. They had a military stop at the border of Rhode Island. And like you had wow. to get pulled off the freeway and go through like a whole like, I mean, they had the hazmat suits on and everything. And That's so when started, New York was at its height, right? Because they scary. were trying to stop people. Yeah. from and the, yeah. yeah. So I started freaking out. I was like, this is going to. So that's why at the end of it kind of. You know, I knocked out like Seattle and Portland in one day and like all this kind of stuff. It was just like, I got to get back. I got to make the full thing. 
Um, yeah, so it was, you know, it was long. And it, I got to, you know, I, I do want to say this, that, that the only reason I was able to do this, I had a good conversation with my friend who's uh, Asian American is because I'm able to do, I, I was easy, able to go to all those different cities at that time, uh, you know, because the middle-aged white American male, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it definitely, you know, I was, I was able to use that for, to tell a story and do that. First, you know, I don't think everybody could have sadly was would would have been able to do it. So right, right. Well, that um, whole Jimmy Roulette story I told yeah, you, we yeah. were driving in the middle of the night because we were chased out of the hotel. Oh, oh that really? was in Kentucky. No, that was in um, Arkansas. Where's Presley from? Elvis Presley, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, um, yeah because Memphis. he was black and yeah. and I was brown. And, you were, and they I was, and they beat the door down and and had us chased us out of the city and so he yeah. goes i can get us wherever we need to go and that's why two in the morning he started to see those yellow gummy bears start coming down the window <laughs> no, i'm like look, i don't think look. you're good jimmy i think we better pull over and find somewhere to stay if i can use my white privilege for good then i'm happy to do it you know what yeah. i mean but i but i realized i was able to tell this do this and tell the story because of that do a big part of it you know and yeah. also, I had nothing, also i had nowhere else to go nothing else to do but uh, right. mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you had told anyone i'm a filmmaker Bro, I'm going to look at this. Everyone look at this guy. This guy looks Where's like a angle? filmmaker. What's my angle? He is the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I miss you so much. I just want to hug you. What? He's got a green light and a green. He's got a, he's got a ring light and a green screen. This guy's an, <laughs> an amateur shoot. No, he's a filmmaker and a so world traveler. You guys, I love this about him. Look at this. Oh yeah, military the shows. Troops. Military yeah, shows, military right? shows. And also, and also, look at what what who are you, Mount dude? Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, with my buddy Steve and uh, and Tanner and Travis. Yeah, we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. You have the like best life. Ago. I mean, I wouldn't want it, but it's the best life. It's a roller coaster. I'm it's, not gonna know, run. I would I would rather ride a roller coaster than a Ferris wheel. Ferris wheels are boring and predictable. Roller coasters tend to. I would what rather just hold roller? everybody's key. <laughs> or what is cars? that? That's Chernobyl. That's the city outside Chernobyl. Why would you go there, Joel Bryant? Why would you not go to Chernobyl? It's amazing. Because look, look at it. That was it, my buddy's my buddy Steve's birthday. The same guy climbed come and drove. He's like, he's see, like, a lot of birthdays are celebrated in bars. Yeah. Yeah, but not bars in the Ukraine. No. <laughs> what other fascinating pictures do we have? Um, I think, think yeah, I think that's it. I don't know. I don't know what this is. Tell us what this is. You're in oh, Russia. That's Russia. Yeah, it's Red Square. It's Red Square in Russia. Went to okay. Russia. Went to Moscow a couple of years ago just to visit. Yeah, and and uh, tell us what's going on in this photo. Uh, that's my love for the road. That's me on the way to Burning Man. Of course. <laughs> that's okay. My that's my brother's okay. truck, and that's my uh, and that's that's my that's how I. Here's your I glamorous. That's that's wow! You're glamping. That's my. <laughs> that's um, that's how I'm able to live on the road. That's how yeah. I'm able to you know not shower and eat and go to the restroom because I can do that at Burning Man for eight days. So it really so trained me. When I saw this, I thought, uh, is 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 this where he was staying on the road? Because you mentioned in the back, you've got the the cot and the tent and yeah. the trunk. Did right. you ever Those pull a cot out and sleep at night? Uh, once, yeah. Once uh, in the middle of the desert. Yeah. It's hard mm. to sleep on a cot in the middle of a desert, though. Gets, yeah. There's uh, a lot of bodies buried out there. Yeah. You just start hearing things. You're like, maybe this isn't the best idea. Oh, my not. God, Joel. <laughs> Did you have a so, gun at least? No, I don't have a gun. Oh, bro. No, um, I just got Carrie, this to fear. 
Well, and yes, <laughs> Carrie you do. Mueller has a question there for you. How did your family react to you traveling during the pandemic? Oh, you think my family cares? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my mom was happy to see me. She didn't. She didn't care. She's like, "Oh, thanks for the visit." Uh, my mom was happy to see me, and she, she's gotten used to me making dumb decisions, you know. So she wasn't bound. She wasn't bound to stop me. She's she's like, "Okay, you go do your fun road thing." Um, what was the first thing you did when you got back? Like back where? into? I didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah, where did you go? <laughs> Are you where? Saying, do you have somewhere? You, we have a guest room. Do you want to come still? over? Did you, We've did got you, some did room. you unpack your car? Uh, <laughs> when I was, uh, I love that. What'd you do afterwards? I, don't know. I kept doing it. The whole point was when I was driving through Montana, my buddy uh, Troy called me, who I'd known since I was a kid. And he was, you know, we just started chatting. He's like, What are you doing? I told him what I was doing. He says, That sounds ridiculous. And then he goes, If you need a place to stay, I have a cabin up in Colorado. You just stay, like, I own a cabin. Uh, and I was like, that's crazy. He goes, what, what else are you going to go? So I lived up in a cabin for two months. Yes, myself. you did. Yes, I love those pictures. I remember those photos. Yeah, so I was making videos and stuff up there. And, uh, yeah, it was very – it was a nice bit of solitude. That's a, a nice reentry. Yeah. It was a nice reentry, yeah. It was very nice. Yeah, so they're sweethearts. So I stayed up there for two – I know, my mom cares. Thank you, Linda. Linda said my mom cares. <laughs> Boy, we have gone long with this podcast. We usually oh, I'm don't sorry go about this that. long. No, 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 no. People are writing like we are, this is – like people are saying this is the best podcast. This no. is uh, 100%. This is really informative. And like I said, I think you took a slice of life that we were all in our houses and kind of like, you know, plain pandemic um, – you know, yeah, we were yeah we were playing out all the uh, in time scenarios while you were driving eighty six hundred yeah. miles across the country. I don't do well with staying still. No, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, and I, I and I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to do it. I just want to do it like you said, just to capture a moment, right? Like I, I'm you know, I'm not submitting this for festivals. I'm not getting paid for distribution. In fact, I put it up on YouTube for free because. Yes. Uh, and some people were like, you should put your website on it and, you know, you should try to get it submitted. I was like, look, it's not about, it's not for me. It's not about me. I don't I don't want people to watch this. I don't want to exploit it. What's I saw, I saw so much bad stuff out there, like so much mm -hmm. suffering and what people were going through. I was like, I can't try to get money off this thing. Um, so I wanted to put on YouTube for free so you could watch it for free. And then at the end, I have links to five charities that are doing COVID relief efforts. Uh, so hopefully if someone's moved they will donate to those charities and maybe it can kind of uh you know one thing can feed another kind of pay it forward a little bit you know so um mm -hmm. yeah so <laughs> i'm the international man of mystery there you uh, are uh, that's what it's gonna be your new t-shirt yeah. yeah so so i mean i, I appreciate having us on because I, I hope this just gets people kind of motivated to take care of each other and donate to charities do you know what i'm saying like i don't you know i don't i'm not gonna make money off this it's not my thing i just want to kind of show a so beautiful. Show, a, show, a, show a snapshot, you know. Do you yeah. know offhand the charities that? Uh, or I do, yeah, yeah. At the end of it, I, I listed five charities. Uh, three that kind of affected me, which is like ActorsFund.org. Yes, mm -hmm. care of actors who are out of work. Uh, Foundation for Contemporary Arts.org, which is uh, live performance venues, and uh, Live Events Coalition, which is all <sighs> the live events that I lost. So Live Live Events Coalition.org. Uh, those are the three. And then the other two are uh, jamesbeard.org, the James Beard Foundation, who's taking care of independent restaurant owners. And oh, uh, opportunityfund.org, which takes care of small businesses with COVID relief 
um, particularly like uh, uh, immigrant businesses and, uh, uh, you know, people of color and whatnot, but kind of they do everything. But they kind of focus on that. So I just thought if this helps anybody out, then that's, you know, that's the point, you know. I'm Travis and I will make sure to to choose a um, choose one of those charities and donate oh, in your name, so in your yeah. honor. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and for those of you that are that are watching again, if you click on the links in the uh, description of the video or go to uh, joelbryant.net, youtube.com forward slash Joel Bryant videos, you can watch this documentary. Um, we'll also post the links to all those charities that Joel just mentioned right now. And of course, go see Joel live on stage because that's yeah. the best way to see him. <laughs> when that happens again. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know. I know, I baby. I, I've I written, know. I've written nothing all year. I, I haven't either. I haven't felt funny. I haven't it, felt it, funny. I'm just like, what am I joking about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. can I just uh, take not even one full minute out of everyone's time and show a clip of you doing comedy? Would that be okay? <laughs> you oh, can. I want to sure. see it. I yeah, think you guys, for, I know. <laughs> for the audience, you guys, this is Joel Bryan on stage. Much better in person, of course, but a hilarious clip. Here's Joel. <laughs> Let's just forget about the outside world for a few minutes, right? Like it's all just news. Um, like it's just like a football player shot someone in an impeachment hearing, I think, and now it's on. Now it's on Disney Plus. I don't know. It's, like, it's a lot. Like I'm worried about the outside world. Like I'm, I'm worried about the world I'm leaving to my kids. You know what I mean? And legally, I can't even talk to them anymore. But. Technically, I don't know if they're my kids. I'm good. You know, I'm still waiting for some tests, but I'm still worried about the world I may or may not be leaving to the kids I may or may not have. That's scary for someone who might or might not be a father. So I just, I just want to have fun when I'm a player on stage. I don't, I don't talk about politics or religion. I hope that's cool with you guys. Everybody's like, why are we in a basement in Union Square, dude? If we're not changing the world, why do I got petitions? I don't... I don't get into it because A, y'all really don't care what I have to say about it, and B, I am super misinformed, so. Oh, that's funnier so times. Funny. That is so funny. Somebody wants to know when and where will y'all be on stage? Gosh, you all have the best comments, by the way. I was just re reading through and thinking like. Aren't they great? And then she said, oh, shit. Shit. You, <laughs> you, I mean, look, you all are so positive. I'm sure you attract the best fans and the best uh, viewers here. So uh, I, I, I guarantee. People. Of course. Of course. Mm -hmm. I don't know when I'm going to. Well, Debbie's on stage soon, right? Next month? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, don't sound so don't sound so happy about I know, it. I gotta start practicing with high heels and <laughs> likewise. Talking. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I, I haven't I haven't booked anything yet. I haven't I haven't done it. I don't know. Well I, I feel weird big, about oh go ahead. I say I heard the big comics are gonna come and take over LA. The big well, comics, you know, that that's part of it. It's just like everybody's so chomping at the bit to get on stage. Yeah, it's like I can't, I couldn't get, you know, I couldn't get five minutes at the comedy store right now because that's nope. going to be taken over by, you know, Bill Burr's going to knock out five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like I think yeah. people are so chomping at the bit that I yeah. think it's going to be, it's going to be saturated. Same as like you know New York. Like once the stages open up, it's like everybody's just like I just want to work. And I think it's going to kind of push uh, the 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 lesser names. To the fringes for a while. So yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know. We'll see. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I got tired of everything being postponed. I just stopped thinking about booking stuff. Yeah. Because even, even the play I did last year was like postponed until then. It was postponed. It was postponed. And the play in New York was postponed. Then it was postponed. And I yeah. just stopped putting it in my calendar at some point. I was just but like, you know, you're, I hear you beating yourself up kind of like, and, and I'm going, oh, I haven't written one thing. But, you know, we knocked out almost 100 shows. Right. The cooking in the podcast show. You did this amazing documentary. Yeah. That is now living forever in the Smithsonian. Is yeah, it piqued your interest to do another documentary? I don't. I I did this because I wanted to do it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want to. Sure. I didn't do it to be like, let me I'm jump done. into the lucrative world of free documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me get that cash. Let's, let me get that cash grab of donating photos. I was right. Like, <laughs> no, I, you know, I did it because I wanted to do it. I, you know, you get you get sparked because you want to do things. So I don't feel like if something sparks it, then I think you just do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like I'm not looking at. No, you have yeah. to call it. Well, and that's where our show started from. Um, and right. to call back to Jack's earlier comment about that darkness, that period where there was just this darkness of knowledge. Um, while you were out there doing that, what we were doing was starting a cooking show. And that was around the yeah. 6th of April of last year. And right. um, um, so what we were trying to do was grab that spark and create something from what we knew. You yeah. did what you knew. You guys, this guy's a world traveler. He's an athlete. He's an amazing comedian and actor on stage and in film. Joel Bryant went out there across the United States when our seasoned reporters would not go show what he's done. And, and for that, you have been rewarded with your photographs, your images that you captured in the Smithsonian. I'm super proud of you, so Debbie. Proud. I'm so proud Thank of you. you. That's a it legacy. Was, You're leaving a legacy. Yeah, it was. It was quite the pivot. <laughs> yeah, yeah no it is i, I mean I, I don't take it lightly for sure the fact that i was able that i, that I was able to do that and just being in the smithsonian yeah I, I think it's uh it's flattering it's it's incredible but it just feels like i mean it's you know if that's if, that, if that's the legacy i leave you know because live events are so you do a show and then it's over mm -hmm. you know yeah. what i mean and then i love that idea of capture of being in the moment with that live audience but also i mean if that's kind of What's I left behind? If someone looks at it, you know, like I think Mike said a couple hundred years from now and looks at it, and it's like, yeah, that's, not a, that's not a bad way to. That's not a bad right? way to go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice I, legacy. It's a beautiful legacy. I think I'm I just so peaked. I peaked during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so proud. No, you're the, what did my dad it. say? That's amazing. What did my dad call you? The man of mystery. The, the what? Man of, what? international international man of mystery. Well, there you you're far from peaked. I far appreciate it. it. No, I love you guys. I, I appreciate it. And look, the more people who watch this and donate is great. Uh, yeah, you know, creatives got to create. And you can't get held down by certain things. You just got to kind of make do with – you make do with what life gives you. you know? That's right. And sometimes, uh, sometimes you get more lemonade out of it, and sometimes uh, sometimes you just get some squeezed lemons. But That's know. right. Yeah. yeah. You guys, please follow Joel. Go to his website. Go to YouTube. Subscribe on his YouTube channel. Watch the documentary Watch for sure. Empty America. Watch it more than once. I yeah. think that we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it the second time around because you picked up other things, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. the first time was so stark and riveting, and it didn't just, know what I was watching. Yeah. I was like, what, "What's going to happen next?" Yeah. And oh, good. Um, 
yeah. So yeah. I think the second time around it was even better. So yeah, please. And, and get your get yourself a bottle of the best hard alcohol that you can stomach. I think it's <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> it helps you through the latter half of it. <laughs> oh, Joe. But thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, you know, and I do miss you all. And hopefully, hopefully we could do this in person soon. Be yeah, nice. we'll share a mic soon. Well, great. not yeah. not share a mic. We'll probably go somewhere and you'll have your mic and I'll have my mic. And then right, right. we both will have mic condoms over it so that we don't yeah. get anything that the other comedian left behind. Well, but other than that, other than that, look, <laughs> COVID's, COVID's the least of my worries in most comedy clubs. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> if I got COVID at some clubs, I'd be like, got out of that one easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no food poisoning this week. <laughs> oh, you all are awesome. And thanks to everybody who watched and the commentator. Like, the, it's, it's so, this is so. Yeah, between the positive comments and you two, your your two energy and and what I did, it's just like we're you know we kind of turned a really crappy thing into something. I think that's going to be kind of a positive legacy. So yeah, you know, I think so all, too. We're all part of it. We're all part of it. Right. Yeah. Creatives got to create. I love that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right, Joel. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I thank you, especially because I kind of railroaded you into it. (laughs) Picked up the phone during a cooking show. If any of you remember that, I'm like, hey, I'm making, I don't even remember what I was making. I think it was French toast. And I'm like, "Uh, so I'm going to go back to making this. But first, could you please be on our. <laughs> like I would have said, no. Obviously, my schedule's packed. So yeah. luckily, we were able to squeeze in an hour and a half interview here on a, on a Tuesday because usually it's pretty full. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. I love you. Thank you, Joel. We love well, you thank too, Thank you, Joel. We love you. You take care. You too. Bye. Oh. That was the best. I love that guy. I know. We went over, but oh, I don't think there was one ounce of fat in that interview. I think everything was just something incredibly um, informative yeah. and, and he handled it with such levity and grace. Wasn't he good? Well, you know what I really like about Joel is that what you see is what you get. That guy is a hundred percent authentic. Um, that's, that's his spirit all the time. Every time I've ever seen him and, um, yeah. and we've seen him in some bad clubs you know, because <laughs> so, I'm there. Yeah. No. Yeah. But no. you know, he's the kind of guy that, like, oh yeah, you cook. Would you be interested in some hatch chilies if I go to home? Thoughtful. And, yeah, thoughtful. Yeah. And then he brings me hatch chilies, which is rare. Most comedians will lie yeah. to your face. So yeah, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah. I really enjoyed this podcast. Thank you, Joel, and thank you to my family. I love you guys. Aw. We thanks. love you guys thank too, you. and thank you guys for interacting and 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 talking with Joel. Um, the work that he did obviously was, was a labor of love. Um, the charities that he mentioned at the very end, I'm scrolling back down, honey. Uh, the charities he, he mentioned at the very end, we encourage you guys to, uh, to go donate to those charities. They're very worthy causes and organizations that support a lot of people. Um, and that's all he's asking. Like, like this show, look at the casas. You can count on the casas to donate. Yeah. Like this show, we, we don't ask for anything for us. We are blessed we we have more than than what we need. We always have some to share. Um, Joel has uh, a, an amazing life. He's a world traveler. Um, at some point, we want him to get some money and to sell a show. Um, oh, what'd you do? Hang oh. on. She she got rid of my screen. There we go. But uh, but in the meantime, 
He's such a wonderful spirit. He just is asking that you that you go and donate to these charities. So please do that. Watch the the show the on YouTube. That is Empty America, the full length documentary. Find him, follow him on YouTube, his website, Instagram, Facebook, and um, yeah. And then when you get to a city where he is doing comedy. You've got to go see that guy do comedy because if you think that clip was funny on stage, he's a hundred percent funnier. Thank you everybody for joining us and we'll see you on Sunday when we'll be cooking live. And we have a couple announcements that we, we, we will be making. What are we making for food? I don't know yet. Okay. I'm always worried about the food. I know you I'm are. I'm getting so fat. I know you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. You're, you know what? You're fluffy. Oh, shit. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.